Welcome to Wood Talk Online Radio. For woodworkers, by woodworkers. Now here are three guys who are actually under the illusion that woodworking is cool. Mark, Matt, and Shannon. All right, it's episode 104 for September 13th, 2012. On today's show, we're back to our regular format, including what's on our benches, links from around the web, and your voicemails, and even some emails. So before we get to the good stuff, Matt, why don't you tell them how they can get in touch with us? All right. If you have a comment or a question about something in today's show or maybe something you'd like to hear on an upcoming episode, you have several different ways you can contact us. First, you can do it by Skype. Just look for us at Wood Talk Online. You can also call our voicemail, which is 623-242-5180. You should have that in your speed dial by now. If mm-hmm. you don't, just send your phone to me. We'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, and you can also email us at woodtalkonline at gmail.com. Don't forget we have our own individual sites at thewoodwhisperer.com, renaissancewoodworker.com, mattsbasementworkshop.com, and don't forget about the amazing forums over at woodtalkonline.com. And with that said, I say we go ahead and move right on to what's on the bench. Unless you guys have a better idea. I like, do. I do. Okay, what do, you, what do you want to do? You mentioned, you mentioned the forum, and yeah. uh, it just reminded me. There's been this weird trend lately, and, and we know just by doing this for a number of years, at the end of the summer, uh, kids going back to school, it's still hot, you know, and people are thinking about getting back in the shop, but a lot of people are still, you know, don't have the opportunity or just waiting for, you know, the temperature to really drop. Um, so forum traffic is is fairly low, you know, this right. time of year, and that's pretty typical. So we've had a an odd rash of people, and by odd rash, I mean three, um, <laughs> who, who have openly criticized the forum. Like they ask a question, and four days go by, and they don't get an answer, and they write back, uh, you know, they come in, and instead of just maybe doing a bump or something like that, they come back and they're like, wow, helpful forum. Thanks, jerks. I'm going back to Lumberjocks. <laughs> So, so well, you get what you pay for. Yeah. Um, it's actually, it's, it's a little annoying, but it's mostly hilarious. Uh, you know, because it's like, this is not your private place to get, just get answers for your questions. It's like, if, if there's no one here who can help you, then, then you just don't get the help. That's how a forum works. It's, and, and look, we'll talk online is not the biggest forum out there anyway. Uh, it's fairly small and then we kind of like it that way. Um, but it's just hilarious to me how many people are getting angry at the forum because they're not getting their answers in time. Well, you know, that, that's something that's really kind of funny to me because this is the year we even – all three of us kind of mentioned this the other day. Like, you know, we didn't actually take a hiatus this year. Yeah. This is the first yeah. time in the summer that we have actually plowed through, especially with Wood Talk Online, have plowed through the whole entire summer. And normally that doesn't that doesn't happen very often. I mean people just mm-hmm. have to go back through the archives and you can just look at the dates they were posted and see – well, that's not a good example with Wood Talk Online. There's usually big gaps in there. <laughs> but even with our, our, our regular show, you know, you can see the posts on there and see the dates. And I was even talking with some of the industry people, not necessarily people online, but actual tool manufacturers. And they even say, you know, look, the summer, it's dead. Sales drop off. Everything dies. So I don't know. I I guess if you are desperate for an answer, you desperately want somebody to get back with you. Um, I don't know. Maybe try smoke signals next time. That might help out a little bit. I would say they should try knots and then get yelled at. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Well, you know, the thing is, is it's rare. I subscribe to the RSS feed. That's kind of the only way I can ever keep track of stuff in there. Right. You know, and I'll scroll through it. And it's rare that I click through for my reader to the forum that someone hasn't already replied. Yeah. yeah, You know, nine times out of 10, I'll say, oh, you know, I can add to that. And I get there and it's like, oh, no, someone's already said what I wanted to say. You know, and I hate to be that guy. It's like, yeah, ditto. So (laughs) plus one. I'm trying to think of an instance where... 
I haven't, I've seen a, a, you know, a thread where there hasn't been a reply. Yeah. Um, well, maybe oh it's, well. maybe that's the thing is people are used to getting uh, replies from folks. And then when they don't, I mean, most of these people that, that have done this or had this response, it's not like they've just had one or two posts. They're like on post number 50 or 60. So this is someone who's <laughs> been around for a while who maybe they're just having a bad day. I don't know, but um, it's, it's just interesting to watch the reaction. Well, maybe we need to get a moderator whose job is simply to go through and just leave a comment like, we'll get back to you soon. <laughs> Thanks for your you, question. Someone will get to you shortly. Exactly. You mean, that's <laughs> what we need. You That'd mean like perfect. those auto-reply things on Lumberjocks? You know, where you, they're the same people that reply, like, yeah. hey, thanks for finding Lumberjocks. Welcome to the community. And yeah. they're like, someone joins and there's like 20 billion posts on their, yeah. whatever they call it, their wall, whatever what Lumberjocks calls it. Yeah. I yeah. always wondered that because I've never figured out how they set those up. Not that I wanted to, but it was just seemed kind of silly. Yeah, I've heard that uh, major critique or uh, criticism, I should say, of uh, of Lumberjocks is there's a lot of the, the flyby posts and a lot of people who, um, who are just trying to get their post count up. But yeah, otherwise it's uh, it used to be my favorite uh, my favorite place on the web, actually. <laughs> you know, I never thought about that. Yeah, that's like a video game. I got to get a high score. It is. No, a lot of people are nuts with that. You'll see the same people, like you said, responding very quickly. And it's almost like automatic. But, you know, it even happened in our forum for a period of time. And I had to uh, to actually um, I forget what it was. People were trying to to get their post counts up to get the uh, whatever it is. You get a certain number of posts. It changes your title. Um, and I had them oh, arbitrarily yeah. set. So they were trying to reach these numbers. So I just like, I changed all of that. And then I made sure people know that if they do that, I'm going to reset their post count to zero um, <laughs> just to take the fun out of it. And that seemed to have curtailed <laughs> any of that kind of activity. Um, You're like you know, a little kid with a magnifying glass and an anthill. <laughs> a little bit, right? <laughs> take that, you little ants. Burn. Um, now, you know, I, now, I can see if it, like somehow you suddenly got a free tool out of it. If that's the case, I'm commenting every two seconds. <laughs> there you go. Hey, that's <laughs> yeah. actually not a bad idea. Um, well, you know, and it's funny, too, because I have these moments where I, I'll go through like just a rash of feeling guilty because you know I'm not at least commenting on something every couple minutes it's like that's a great idea that's good you know at least trying to make it different not just the same thing over and over cut and paste yeah he's, um, you, you have 20 ways of saying nice job looks good you know? that, yeah, right. i do sometimes i even go into like you know other languages there you go <laughs> um you know it's to go back to what you said before it is kind of interesting that uh we just breezed through the summer and i don't think any one of the three of us even thought about the break that we normally take in fact uh typically around woodworking in america or post woodworking in america is when we come back to talk about the the show and that's kind of how we you know in september usually sometime we get back into the the swing of things so so who knows we talked about possibly taking a christmas time break ish so maybe take the month of december off or something like that um you know because that's another time that uh, traffic goes down and everything so we'll let you know for sure but uh frankly i'm i'm excited about it i'm glad that we were able to to breeze through the summer because it means that it wasn't a chore to do this even though we're doing it more frequently now um, yep. I'm personally enjoying the shows more than ever. So, uh, yeah, we'll just keep at this pace and until, well, until we get really, really bored with it and decide we're better <laughs> off doing something else. So, so hey, we'll, let's yeah. go ahead and move on to what's on let's the do bench it. then. Uh, looks like, let's see, well, let's start with you. Shan okay. I'll start. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I like that. Let's do that. I'll start. Shake it up a go, little. Go, Matt. Go, go. Uh, really, the uh, main thing that's happening in my shop right now is I have uh, drank the Kool-Aid and I have uh, really uh, jumped in uh, uh, feet first and have uh, gotten my first Festool 
like oh, real setup. Wah, so I've got wah, my wah. I've got my CT twenty six vacuum cleaner, <laughs> uh, dust extractor, right? Cool. And I also picked up a, uh, a, a sander. I can never. I, I'm not good about like throwing out the numbers. It's like an X Y Z one fifty. I think you got the other. ETS one fifty. That's the one. Yes, I have that. And it's um, I've, I've simply <laughs> this is so pathetic, but I know other people do it too, so I don't feel so bad about it. I have gone so so far into the shop as to just start playing with it. I just turn it on just to see what it sounds like. Just to hold it. <laughs> yeah, and just like feel it. And it's like, you know, I'm like, okay, I don't even want to use the sandpaper yet because I don't want to I don't want to mess it up yet until I actually start with a project. But I've had a chance to play around with it quite a bit, and I am just I'm really ecstatic about it. I, I've gotten a little grief from just a few people. You know who you are have have teased me about going green and black, and it's like, yep, and I'm not going back. So this is this is this is really nice. So let Isn't me. It's funny how festivals become like Apple. And like there are people that just love it, and then there are people that just hate you for buying it. Yeah, it's yes. a polarizing product, no, no doubt yeah. about it. The entire product line is like that. I mean, I just did that CMS. I'll talk about it when we're talking about my stuff, but the CMS review, uh, and it's you just get that all the time. It's I call it the uh, festal polarization effect. Yes, it, I mean it, that's exactly what it does. So let me ask you this, because a lot yeah. of the questions I've been getting or commentary I'm, I've been reading lately for my review is. Uh, dealing with whether or not this stuff is really worth the extra money, how some some of their tools are, but other tools aren't worth the premium. So as someone who's new to it and having used a lot of other sanders in the past, what's your experience so far? Can you even give any commentary on whether or not the increased quality and the stuff that they do throw into it truly makes it worth that extra asking price? Well, I, I'll admit with the sander, other than just turning it on and off, I haven't really had a chance to put it through its paces yet. Okay. But what I like the best about the dust extractor, which I have had a chance to play around with that, it's the, the little features, the things that you don't really, you, you ordinarily wouldn't think about them because you don't see them offered anywhere else, like the yeah. onboard uh, outlet. So you can just plug your tool right into it. In fact, when you turn the tool on, the dust extractor kicks in immediately. Right. Um, there's little things like when I when I attach the dust bag to the the dust extractor, when you remove that dust bag, you know there's that hole and like dust. I don't know about everybody else, but suddenly the dust poofs out, <laughs> yeah. and it's suddenly in your face. There's actually a little trap door that goes shoot and it closes, so you don't worry about the poofing as you're carrying it to the you know to be thrown away. Uh, Matt, it, you it, should always be worried about the poofing when you're walking around. <laughs> Sometimes I have a hard time. Just if you want to respect the people around you, you have to worry about it. I, I did get a comment at work today about that, that I really should be careful. Um, but anyways, though. <laughs> oh, it's just Matt. He poofs once in so, a while. So so, so the, the dust poofing is is definitely <laughs> a lot better. But it's it's little things like that. And even like the wheels. I mean, the 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 way that the wheels are set up are, you know, it's very hard to tip the thing over. Yeah. I mean, I've had, let's see, I am now, this makes my fifth, sixth vacuum shop vacuum type thing and this is the first one that i have a feeling when i'm absentmindedly dragging it from one end of the shop to the other because i'm not the guy that goes over there and grabs the dust extractor and carries it by a handle or pushes it in place i drag it by the hose yeah, yeah. and inevitably the ho the wheels always trip over a cord because i never look where the cords are <laughs> and trip over a piece of scrap or something like that and this one i've already done that two or three times where normally it would tip over and the way that it's set up, it doesn't tip over. So that's to me right there is that's one of those things I, I didn't think about when I was purchasing it. But now that I have it, I'm like, this is even better than the reasons why I bought it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And it's, you know what? It's quiet too, right? Have you noticed that? Yes. Oh, totally. 
Yeah. And that's the other thing is you can control how much suction and stuff like that. In fact, I fired it up in the living room just to try and convince my wife that there was a reason why, you know, I ended up getting this. And she still wasn't completely convinced other than the fact that she's like, you're right. When you're actually cleaning up your messes, which happen a lot, it will be a much quieter. We won't notice it as much up here. So that was another huge thing that I'm like, that's I was really excited about getting that. Nice. You know, I've always wondered. Well, first of all, to answer your question, Mark, to give you a. I think the best endorsement is when I sold all my power tools, I kept my Festool sander. <laughs> so, right, right. Okay. You know, I mean, for around the house type stuff, I mean, the, 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 I kept, well, I bought a track saw and I kept my dust extractor and mm -hmm. my, the same sander you have, Mark, or Matt, and Mark, you have the same one too. I do. But what I've always wondered is what is that suction adjustment for? When do you want less suction? Uh, well, there are times if you're doing finished sanding that that suction can actually be too strong, you know, so you may actually want to back it off so that you're like, I've done demonstrations where if you're using a really fine grit and a nice flat piece of material, and especially something that already has some finish on it, you can actually pull a piece of plywood up off of the bench, uh, just huh. with the suction. So, so what that's doing is it's actually pulling the sander uh, deeper into the grain. So if you back it off just a hair, you can actually get a little bit of a smoother finish and less, it'll be less prone to those little squiggly pigtails. And, um, but realistically, I never really touch it. Um, but yeah. from what I understand, if you're really, really picky about things, that's something that you, you could do if you needed to, because the suction is, uh, so strong. Um, you know, I also connected my CT vac to one of the little mini cyclone units and that, um, shootout that I did a couple months ago and mm -hmm. it collapsed one of the cans. <laughs> right awesome. so that may be a case where you'd go okay well maybe this can should be better built but it's not it is what it is maybe i need to dial back uh the suction because it's a little bit too strong for for this particular thing so but but it's not See, often that was used. one thing i noticed too is like even when i was doing that because who doesn't do this you take the hose and you put it on your body parts you know like your arm or your stomach <laughs> Or your face. It's like, um, <laughs> I was just about to raise my hand and say, I don't do that. Not now. I. <laughs> Look, I'm finally getting a hickey. Oh, it reminds You're, me of high school. Well, you use it to get your wife. You just use one, it to Matt. get your, uh, get Samantha jealous, you know. Like, Look at this. Look at this. It's like, she's like, yes, I know. It was the vacuum. You, yeah. you love I've your vacuum. I've got a fan. I've got a fan. <laughs> so then, so here's the thing. What's interesting to me is all, all this conversation so far is really focusing on the vac. So, right. so what about the sander? You know, is the I, sander just I, like any other sander or? Um, well, again, since I, I haven't really used it to sand anything at this point, but just holding it and turning it on, like it, it feels balanced. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like sure. every other sand, like the, the, my Primo sander that I had before this one, um, it, when, when you were holding it, it felt really awkward, especially, okay, I've got it in my left hand and I'm getting ready to do some sanding and I'm going to move it, you know, left or right uh, kind of a thing. I really felt like it was constantly going to tip over. Yeah, like once yeah. the motor kicked in, like the, it was going to flip out of my hand, much like the trim router in my accident from last year. Um, <laughs> that's to some degree, you know, it, it kind of felt that way. So I was always concerned as I was sanding that if I had that moment where you apply too much pressure because maybe you, you don't want to swap, swap out for a fresh piece of sandpaper so you might push a little bit harder when you really shouldn't be. Um, the sander just didn't feel weighted. In fact, my, my wrist would get uh, tired from using the sander, which I think had more to do with the fact that I constantly felt like I was trying to hold it in position. Yeah, you're fighting the balance the whole time. Exactly. And this one so far, just from, again, just playing around with it, just kind of turning it on and holding it and stuff like that, I don't feel that 
yet, yeah, which yeah. to me is that's another huge one because, I mean, if you're getting exhausted just from holding your tools, that's not doing anything for you. I mean, let's get serious. You've, we've seen what happens when you get lazy when you're doing anything. Oh, so they're, they're very well balanced and they also have very low vibration, which doesn't give you that. Uh, that yeah, that's tingly, what I was going to say. That itchy, was the tingly, biggest thing yeah. I've noticed. Is oh, I hate that. You don't have that phantom, you know. You walk away after sanding for an hour and your arm's still vibrating. Yeah. yeah well, you know, I do have those anti-vibration gloves. I used to use those when I worked out, too, because, you know, they really kind of helped out. Um, but, yeah, maybe I won't need those anymore. But the other thing is the suction from the, the sander. I mean, that's the suction is almost just as powerful as if the hose wasn't attached to it. So yeah. that just that's sweet, too, because the other one, I swear, it's like you just got one little piece of, you know, sand or sawdust up in there and the whole suction just broke down on my, on my previous ones. So, you know, I mean, I I think that's it is it's really hard to talk about just the sander when you divorce it from the dust collection, because that's like one of Festool's marquee things. Right. You know, I mean, uh, I'm really pretty OCD about that stuff. I hate (laughs) that dust and it's just amazing. I mean, you turn it on and there isn't any dust. It's I've just never seen anything like it. Now I have never hooked another sander up to my extractor because, you know, like most folks, you buy the kit, you buy the the set or whatever, because it's cheaper to Mm -hmm. buy the sander with the the extractor. So at that point I, I took my old craftsman and, you know, pitched it. So I don't know. Maybe it does just as good a job, but I have to believe that some of the engineering and festival is like worked in the little, don't they have like brand names for all that? A yeah. cyclone effect. Yeah. Like a jet stream. Swirling vortex. Yeah. Jet stream technology or something like that. Yeah, but they, something like that. They actually, yeah. I mean, and because I've done some of the like, you know, promotional videos and things like that, I've dug into a lot of the, the details and it's, it really is one of those things where most, most companies who, who make these sanders basically just put the, the, what is it? The five or I forget five, six or eight hole. I, I don't remember what the differences yeah, are. Um, but there's the, the different amount of holes. They just plop some holes in there. They connect it into this channel and then there's a port on the outside. You know, the amount of thought that Festool puts into engineering, like the way those holes work and the orientation of the holes and the placement of the holes. Uh, is absolutely, you know, crazy. It's way more thought than anybody would ever, uh, you know, with a sane mind would actually want to put into this. But that's that's what makes it work better, you know. So, the, But the question is, yeah. is it so, and that's where people get hung up. There's no doubt that it's better. But is it X number of hundreds of dollars better? And that's, I think, where people get hung up. The average person gets hung up. Well, well you know, I think that question's gotten harder to answer because there's been a lot of copycats. You know, um, when I bought my sander and my dust extractor four years ago, yeah. It was absolutely no question. There was nothing even close to it on the market. I mean, it's the same thing with track saws. You remember when Festool was the only one, you know, now we've got routers with better dust collection. We've got, you know, what, five different makers of track saws now. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It, that's a tough question to answer. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and, it, and it's funny because I think that this, this Christmas, that's what my dad's going to be inheriting my old sander. Um, so that's going to be, <laughs> but one thing I was thinking about is I want to kind of do a side-by-side comparison of, you know, what it was, what it was like with my old sander and this one. And I, I almost thought about, and I hope nobody comes down while I'm doing this video. Cause I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of crap about it, but it's like, I want to turn, I want to turn the lights way down low. <laughs> get one of those like, some candles and, and suck up some body parts. Well, no, no, that's going to be for a completely <laughs> oh, different yeah. video. And, um, um, I'll give everybody a link for that one. It's going to cost them five dollars to see it. Oh, I paid um, a little little Barry White, some candles on your festival. But I kind of <laughs> want to do like that 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 raking light kind of a thing, and then basically kind of you know see it in action and see how much dust is actually being dispersed into the air 
you know, uh, compare it to my, my previous one, my previous setup, and then compare it to what I have now and maybe even do like a little cross setup and just see how much there is a difference with those. Because, I mean, that's that's one of those things is, you know, if you have to put on that much safety gear to, to do some sanding or something, yeah. you know, that just that it takes all the fun out of sanding. I mean, we know how much we love sanding. <laughs> I was going to say, what fun. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, we should probably move on from the Festool commercial. Uh, <laughs> yeah, seriously. So, so that's, that's pretty much what's been going on. Oh, the other thing I've been doing is I've been playing with SketchUp quite a bit. Turns out that if you actually read some of the books and the manuals and stuff like that, you too can get really great uh, drawings. Turns, so. turns out yeah, I should have been reading that Bob Lang book. <laughs> <laughs> actually, that's the one that I finally like really delved into it some more and said, all right, you know all those chapters I skipped? Let's go ahead and go back and read those. And yeah. wow, that made a giant difference. So Amazing. Anyway, so um, who wants to go up next? Go ahead. You guys fight over it. Who's next? Uh, Shannon, go ahead. Okay. You know, I wonder. Maybe I should go back to that Bob Lang thing because I was just going to say I've been playing with SketchUp um, to, to make this compound angled, multiple compound angle toolbox that mm-hmm. I'm going to build in uh, the hand tool school. And um, it's one of those projects where I've had the design done for so long. I've had it on like, you know, the back of a napkin thing. I know exactly how I'm going to build it. But because I run the hand tool school, I have to generate a SketchUp model to give to people. Mm-hmm. Normally I'd be like, eh, whatever, you know, move on. I know how I'm building it. Right. The, the design aspect of SketchUp won't help me at all and build this because I know exactly how I'm going to do it. I've mocked up not a, you know how you can just like make a solid object take like a rectangle and push pull it into a solid object and then I folded the edges in so I basically had a solid block so I could see proportionally do I like the look of it right I did that part but now I've got to actually turn it into into actual parts and things so it's a, a usable model and man the minute you move something off of 90 degrees that thing is a pain in the butt to do <laughs> yeah trying to put a rabbit that is the same splay angle you know if you've got a drawer that's splayed out on all four angles and are all four directions. You've got to slide like a drawer bottom in there. Well, the rabbit has to be at that same splay angle. I still have not figured out how to sink that rabbit at that angle because yeah. <laughs> it wants to sink it 90 degrees to the inside face, which happens to be splayed out at five degrees. So I haven't actually gone back to Bob Lang. I wonder if it's in the advanced section and I just don't remember, but yeah, it's just one of those things where normally I'd be like, screw this, I'm going to the shop. Well, see, that's the weird thing about SketchUp is like, and I use it the same way that you're talking about, Shannon, where I only need about like 2% of what SketchUp can do to do 95% of what I need to do. Uh, you know, so to learn anything beyond that and to get that extra 5% that I don't necessarily need, but it's helpful to generate plans for other people, uh, requires a significant amount of extra time and, and learning. That learning curve is that's very why, steep. That's why you have an Aaron. Exactly. That's why I don't do it. <laughs> See, the thing is that you, you learn at some point that there's like, is it really worth my time to sit there and become really, you know, to become a Bob Lang in, in SketchUp? And, and I just decided that it's not because I, it doesn't improve my building. It only improves my SketchUp abilities. Right. <laughs> and so I would much rather hire yeah, have, someone else. I have never drawn a dovetail in SketchUp. Right. <laughs> like, I did for practice. Why would though. I do that? I, I did I for know practice. That this is a dovetail corner. Yeah. You don't need to draw that. You just draw an I've arrow. Done, <laughs> I've done faux ones. That's about it. But I haven't done anything where nice. you could actually separate them and, and, and make it look nice. I'm just like, line, line, line. Right. Okay, we're good. <laughs> Um, you know, and the the Bob, Bob Ling is definitely that's the one that I've been going back to for uh, what I was doing on this because I did the thing where I, I wanted to have the components. I wanted to see if I could actually make something that I could tear apart and you know have it come apart and then come back together again. And so I, that was the thing I was really working on. But 
Yeah, like the rest, the, both of you, I'm kind of like, all I want is just the basic idea. You can have the looks. I don't worry. I'm not going to tear it apart usually, so it takes me like five minutes to do something. Yeah. Um, yeah. I checked out the Fine Woodworking. They had that Google SketchUp guide for woodworkers. It's uh, by David Dave Richards. It's their their DVD. That one doesn't go into the detail kind of like what, what we were just talking about now, like to really get in there and, and just tear the thing apart like we're going to make – you know, detailed plans for sale or something, but that's another really decent one. If anybody's interested in kind of getting some basics and that one is just pure, you know, you, you watch it and you can go right along with it on your computer simultaneously. Cool. Uh, Bob's has the, the, the interactive PDF, which I, most of the time I just go right to his videos and then, Oh wait, there's other information. Oh. It's really, it's really good. But my problem with it, and I've gone through his, his whole book at one point, the problem is I forget this crap. If I don't, if I don't that's, do it repeatedly, I forget it. It's yeah. exactly it. Yep. And it's yeah, a journey. You sort of like you start off at the beginning and you build upon what you've learned. And by the end, if you go through it, you know, in the course of a couple of days, you nailed it and, and it's great. But the problem is you forget those details and you forget some of those building block steps. So then when you're actually trying to apply it, you've got to, I mean, reteaching yourself this stuff is a real pain in the butt. Yeah. Um, you got to use it a lot. Anyway, um, but uh, what's on my bench? Uh, lots of stuff's on my bench. I have actually had an incredibly productive summer. It's very cool. Nice. <laughs> um, I need to take some time away from the bench and sit down in front of the computer and edit some stuff because I have two, um, two 64 gig memory cards <laughs> full of full of footage. Nice. That I, I've, one of them I was just like, I don't feel like downloading that right now. It's going to take a long time. So then I switched to a new card. That was the stupidest thing I ever did because <laughs> then I filled up the second card. So I have a, I have a spring pole lathe. Um, that is built, and I filmed the whole thing. Uh, I've got several little small hand tool projects that I need to edit together. So I, I've built like um, six different projects this summer. It's been pretty cool. Nice. So I'm kind of excited to get some of the stuff rendered and, and out. And then, of course, um, you know, this was a while ago now, but our last episode we had kind of a different format. But I went to the Woodwright School in uh, North Carolina, and that was just a dream come true. That was awesome. So I have a Windsor chair that essentially needs a few touch-ups here and there, but it's fully assembled and it's ready to be milk painted. So it's been um, it's been a very cool summer for me. Nice. Wow. So you've been busy. Hey, how was the how did the cracking and stuff turn out? Didn't you mention that it was um, having oh some yeah, issues? Um, actually, uh, it mostly closed up on its own, which was really kind of frustrating because while um, it was wider. I could have shoved some epoxy down in there. Right. But like maybe 12 hours after I got home, it had closed up to the point where I couldn't even see it anymore. Okay. So I had to um, uh, <laughs> force it open a little bit to get some West systems to flow down in there. And right, uh, right. it was fine. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's an issue with, um, you know, green, air-dried, really thick stock. I mean, you start with a heavy eight-quarter piece of um, pine, to, to make the seat and then you basically hollow it out till it's about three quarters of an inch thick in the middle in the in the very deepest part and then you do all this shaping around the edges and chamfering off so you get down at the front of the seat you're down to like an eighth of an inch thick right on the edge you know it, it quickly thickens out but still you've got so much going on there with thick and thin thick and thin and um you know it just i don't think um, Elia had just dried them enough. Elia was the the instructor. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he brought them into the shop a while ago, but he's like, I should have brought them in six months ago. So it was just a matter of it 
needed to acclimate just a little bit more, but it certainly wasn't anything structural that I needed to worry about. Did you know that Thick and Thin was uh, Matt and my rap band in the 80s? Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> wickedy, what they used, whack. That's what they really used to call back. us. Done. Wow. <laughs> thick and Thin. I did not thick know that. Wow. They call I'm going to go on iTunes thin. right now and see if I can <laughs> yeah, find some vintage Thick people, and Thin. People sometimes would confuse us with, um, you know, people like... Uh, Jay and Silent Bob. Well, yeah. actually, I was going to well, say no. that Photoshop picture of Matt and I uh, as Jay and Silent Bob would be great. So if someone wants to add like thick and thin and make it look like an album cover, that'd be cool. The worst part is, is that it took very, didn't take very many Photoshop skills to make that look like Jay and Silent Bob. <laughs> no, it didn't. <laughs> well, our, our second album was the one that people often think of as being the uh, Nacho Libre one. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, that one's disturbing. Really disturbing. Anyway. Wow. Anyway, Mark, what's what's on your lack of bench? Uh, actually, beautiful bench, but lack of shop. Yeah, lack of anything really fun going on. Um, no, actually, the uh, the shop build, of course, is still uh, first and foremost taking up all of my time. But I am getting a little bit of shop time for the bookcase project. And it's not something that's terribly taxing because it's just a basic bookcase. Um, but, you know, it's something that uh, in between worrying about air conditioning and epoxy floors and whether or not we're going to extend the patio further and, you know, make the budget already worse than it than it is at this point. Um, in between those times, I can go in and actually do a little bit of woodworking. So um, the the thing with the shop, uh, just to give you a quick update, it's almost done. We're actually right now was day one of the epoxy floor treatment, and we're going to it's probably going to be another two days. Uh, and then after that point, they do the final pour of excuse me, of the driveway patio. And then uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, electric is already in there. The air conditioning is running and working just fine. Um, and we're getting close. So I think probably sometime next week, late next week, I may actually be able to make an appointment with the movers and get the tools back in there. Wow. Yeah, we're getting <laughs> close. pretty exciting. Um, Is that on schedule? I mean, that seems really fast. Yeah, yeah. Well, basically, it was. he said 60 days. Now, when a builder tells you 60 days, number one, <laughs> two you usually... Weeks, two weeks. <laughs> you sound like a parakeet. Two weeks. <laughs> Uh, usually when they say, you know, a period of time, um, you don't count on that number one. And number two, I didn't know whether he actually meant like business days or if he, huh. if he says 60 days, does that mean 60 calendar days? Um, well, I think he meant 60, um, calendar days because we were only at like 40 work days or something like that when I, on my last count. Um, wow. so the project officially, technically officially started on like July 1st. Um, so all of July, all of August, and then we're into September now. So, um, it's pretty close to what he had estimated if it's calendar days. Cool. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I That's was really, awesome. really surprised. <laughs> so and, have you put any thought into what the christening project will be? I think the, the first project is I'm going to have to like go against my instincts and my instincts and, and desires will be to focus on shop related stuff. Right. Um, but I think I have enough things like makeshift tables and stuff to act as countertops uh, just to get things going. And then eventually I'll be able to go in there and, and step back and refine things. So I'm going to have to fight that instinct. And I really want to start uh, my next, I have one of two choices. Maybe you guys can help me decide. I've got a client project. He wants me to build a bed. And it's going to be made out of uh, Babinga. And it's it's the guy who does the, the, the Summer of Wangi and all those other big uh -huh. projects. So nice, nice bed. It's going to be a fairly large project. Um, that's one of the options. And the second option is a tilt-top table that I want to do. Um, I've been looking at this uh, fine woodworking article for a while now with this classic, you know, classically turned 
pedestal tilt-top table, really nice. But I want to do my own version of that that's going to have like bent laminated legs. Um, you know, the top is not going to be like a perfect oval. It's going to be, what the heck do you call that shape? An well, ellipse? Not an ellipse. It is a... An oblate ovoid? It's a... Oh, an octagon. Wait. A I rectangular, know. irregular, inverted frustrum of a pyramid? <laughs> Uh, think of an equilateral triangle with three arcs on the outside instead of being straight lines. Um, that's a what. A rhombus. All right, it's in Sorry. fine woodworking. <laughs> I can't remember what it is, uh, but anyway, so so it's it's really cool. So bent lamination, and actually the legs on this thing that I'm envisioning are not only going to be uh, bent lamination, but they will also be um, tapered. Uh, so the laminate, the lamination pieces themselves, the laminates will have to be tapered each one from one end to the other in thickness. <laughs> nice. Um, so there's going to be a lot, and then it'll also be tapered on the sides as well. So it's going to be a really, really interesting looking piece that I'm sure at least 50% of the people will go, oh, that's ugly. Uh, and then <laughs> the other 50% will go, oh, genius. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you so know. So I, I, I'm interested to see your SketchUp drawing on that one. Uh uh, Aaron hasn't Tapered, made it. Laminated. <laughs> Aaron hasn't made it for me yet, so um, I'll show you my my uh, uh, scribblings on paper. Um, so I'm thinking, you know, that that's what I'm leaning toward because I think really the the best shop to or the best project to christen the new shop is is one that I think you know stretches my abilities and stretches my imagination a little bit to really I don't know I think that one would break it in nicely. Yeah, yeah, I'm back and forth on it because there's a part of me that's like. I, I can see a lot of the audience being like, you know, a bed's a neat idea because a lot of a lot of people that's something like, you know, yeah. the family usually, you know, oh, it would be really cool if dad built us a bed or maybe, sure, you know, sure. honey, put, build us a bed because I'm tired of sleeping on the floor. But I, I like your idea of like really this is the dream shop. So why not just like go, you know, all out crazy on it and just do something that just really, really, you know, just have fun with it because you've been so – I don't know what's the right word for it. it kind of pent up for so long. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my, my my pent up creative energy. Um, there you go. Yeah, so that that's where I'm at with that. And the other thing I mentioned is that I I had mentioned it before, Matt, was the CMS review. So that's Festool's new compact modular system router table. Um, oh, yes, the space age looking thing. That thing is slick looking. That's yeah, a, it is. It's a lot of. A, is that a, a aluminum or is it's that alu a composite? It is aluminum. And uh, it's pretty. It's a pretty awesome little tool. It's again one of those things that's just like I, it's. You have to really walk a, a line, a, a balance there when you present this to people because here's one thing: you're not going to hurt my feelings by criticizing this product. Yet, in some cases, when I see someone say something that's just not correct, I feel the need to to not defend the product, but at least correct them uh, to say no. You actually can do that with this tool. Um, so it, it, it's a real challenge to put these videos out because they are so polarizing that you almost immediately get negative feedback right. on something oh, like yeah. this. And I'm not saying, you know, Hey, this is the best thing since uh, sliced bread. I'm just saying, here's what it is. You got to decide whether or not this is worth it for you. Um, so it, it's been a very interesting ride watching the responses to this. Cause this, this is along the lines of trying to think in their product line, maybe the Capex in terms okay. of like, you know what, is it going to be this magical thing that does amazing things that these other competitive, you know, competing tools don't do? No, it's not. But the things that it does do different or better may be extremely important to certain segments of, of the woodworking or, you know, carpentry population. And that makes it iPhone five. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, it, you know, and and again, the Apple analogy always seems to work. You know, because it's it's a matter of just refining things that we 
we already know. And yes, on paper, it kind of does the same things, but somehow it seems to do them better or you feel better <laughs> when using them. <laughs> we, yeah. Well, know, I mean, it's funny because it, it is almost identical. It's all about engineering. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, yep. the Capex is an elegant, beautiful tool and yep. the engineering that went into making that, yeah. it's exactly the same thing as the new iPhone, you know, like they were talking, I didn't watch the whole keynote, but they were talking about these certain things and it's like, yeah, they had to completely reinvent their manufacturing process, but no one cares about that. You know, yeah. they care about the size of the screen, how many megapixels the camera has, but you can't help but be impressed by diamond impregnated aluminum steel outer case with a sapphire cover over the camera, right. you know, and Festel's exactly the same way. You know, it is the, the analogy is actually it's perfect because you think of the um, anyone who's familiar with uh, Apple products, you know, will know that they they sort of they control everything from top to bottom, and what that results in is a somewhat limited but a very smooth user experience for the most part, uh, and a very dependable experience. Whereas my gaming PC, for instance, made with components by several companies, um, I have to be, you know, I have to worry about things like driver compatibility and and things like that. So this is very similar in in terms of like this CMS. It's got Festool's router in it. Uh, Of course, they designed the entire router. So when they when they are trying to get the best dust collection possible, they already know what they've got with the router and they have that shroud on the router from underneath. And then they just have to implement something else above. And you put those two together and holy crap, this thing is is incredibly good at catching the dust from just about any routing operation. So again, because they don't have to play well with other components and other companies, they're able to actually get a smoother working, more accurate, more dependable product. Yeah, you know, which is yeah, and, and that's exactly. It. I mean, I, I'm looking at this right now. I'm looking at uh, over at, at Highland Woodwork, and they've got they have some really nice pictures up here. It's, it's kind of limited, but um, it, it, what, what they have going on here, the the design, everything about this just says it's as cool as hell. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but I mean, and, uh, and you know for a hmm. fact that you can just hate this to death, but in the end, you know that when you actually use this thing. It's going to work and do exactly what it is that you want. Yeah. So you you can hate it all you want, but to be honest with you, it's just because you're a hater and you absolutely want it. <laughs> well, look, it, it, it's not without its its faults. There are some things, you know, um, that, that could actually be a little bit better or different or more useful to the home woodworker. But we have to remember that the home woodworker is really the secondary market for Festool. Their primary yeah, right. market are the road warriors. So having yeah. the uh, having the ability to, you know, to joint a board on site is really good. And that's what this router table allows you to do because you don't have your jointer. Um, But to me, that's a useless feature in my shop. Um, So you know what? It is what it is. Yes, you could certainly get a great setup from Jessam or uh, Incro, Woodpeckers. I mean, Craig even has a great table. Um, You know, I don't think it takes away from that. But it is for folks who are in that festival universe um, they might be interested in something like this. So yeah, that's that's an important point to make right there. What you were talking about, the fact that this really is kind of a carry-on type of thing, where you take this to the the work site, and that's really where this is pushed towards. And some people just they cannot wrap their mind around that a little bit. So yeah. yeah. So anyway, right. enough. Again, enough of the festival commercial. <laughs> Seriously, why does that keep happening? Uh, just Today's as... episode brought to you by Dewalt. <laughs> <laughs> Did it. Uh... All right. So uh, so that's about it for me personally. Uh, let's move on to around the web. Shannon, you've got a bunch of links if you want to rip through those real quick. Sure. Uh, let's just see. Over the last couple of weeks, I've run into some things. I just kind of dropped them in the show notes. There was this really cool video um, on YouTube about a woodworking program for the blind. Mm-hmm. And it just, it blew my mind. It was, it was incredible. And 
there was this shop full of power tools and a, a bunch of blind people. And the instructor himself, I don't think he was 100% blind, but, you know, very, very close. Yep. And then they had this other girl that was in there working as a shop apprentice who wasn't blind, but she was an employee of uh, some school for the blind. So they basically blindfolded her and she was in there learning woodworking without sight. And it's just really, wow. it was, to me, it was really interesting because I'm, I'm, as a hand tool guy, I'm really big on kind of the the tactile nature of things. You know, is that board flat? I don't know. I rub my hand over it a little bit and I can see where there's a lump here and there. And I could see a lot of parallels, but still it just blows your mind. So uh, we'll stick a stick a link to this video. Um, very, very cool. It's almost unimaginable I, to, I'm sorry to interrupt, but it, it's almost no, unimaginable right. to, to folks who do have their sight to think of this thing that we strain. I, I mean, you know, we, we get out the um, the magnifying glasses to look at our 64th uh, grade right. on, a, on a measuring device. Um, and can you imagine being, you know, not having your vision and still being able to do not just precision woodworking, but safe woodworking? Well, in, yeah. in, in the examples they have in here, these guys are building guitars and these are damn looking, good looking guitars. That's here. right. I forgot about that. It's not like they're building birdhouses here. I mean, right, right. it's, as I said, it's unbelievable. It's just mind blowing awesome. to watch this. Yeah, cool. I think the, the one unsettling thing here also is you see the guys walking around with the blindfolds on, which just is like one of those, oh my God, those guys are crazy. But in fact, they, they, uh, I found the, an article about this originally. I put it on my Facebook post a while ago and they were saying that the reason for the blindfolds is that's their, their eye protection because obviously you still need to have protection from flying debris and everything and i think this is actually a a, a government run program this is a state program if i remember right they get a lot of their funding from the state so that one person that that is in there um they they have people come in from the the who's funding it the government program these are typically people who do have vision and they're actually required to wear a blindfold and go through the whole program as if they were if they had lost their sight so that they can Relate I would just everybody. love to be a fly on the wall during that like meeting when they told this lady what <laughs> her job was going to be. <laughs> so we want you to learn how to woodwork and, oh, we need you to put this blindfold on and uh, report back next week. Good luck. <laughs> we, the, the one thing that Not I wondered, on your the, first, the first time I saw this and my wife kind of smacked me, I'm like, why do they have the lights on? I don't understand that. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's terrible. It is. It's, it's terrible. Did I, did I ever tell you that my uh, stepdad is he's legally blind? Yeah, you did mention that. Did I mention that when he went to school at the blind school that he was one of the few that could actually see and he could see that because the place was just adjacent to um, a deaf school uh, and there was like a little rivalry between them. And he said that they used to the blind kids were always, you know, screaming uh, F you at the deaf kids and the deaf kids were giving them the finger. <laughs> no, I didn't hear that. You're being like, serious with I'm us. telling you this. I'm just relaying what my stepdad told me. I mean, it's very offensive and it's a horrible thing, but um, that's what he told me. I thought it was funny. Oh uh, we're going to have to have him on to confirm that. <laughs> I will. I'll record something with him. I'll let him tell the story. <laughs> well, here, you know, I, I found that original article. I'll make sure to put this in the show notes. So they, they have a whole write-up about it along with the video that you also have for YouTube. We'll put that in there so people can get a feel for it and see what's going on. <laughs> You're wrong. Uh, anyway, moving on. Anyway, um, I don't even know how I came across this, but I, I didn't realize there is a new woodworking podcast, and it's Same. in iTunes, and and it's called Billy's Little Bench, and it's quite good. He actually builds, starts out by building a um, Chris Schwartz anarchist tool chest. So I just, I've, it just reminded me 
I haven't seen a new podcast show up in iTunes in a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether that's because people are moving away from it maybe um, and they're just posting stuff on YouTube, but it was good to see because I don't, I don't care. I still get a lot of my stuff through iTunes. So <laughs> I think that is that the case. Nice There's a lot of uh, new people on, um, on YouTube and I just don't think iTunes is seen as the, you know, sort of you right. have, you're, if you're not in iTunes, you don't exist. I don't think that's the case anymore. So. Yeah, because I, I, I know I've asked a few people, I'm like, hey, how come I can't get you on my in iTunes or something like that? And oftentimes I get an I what? <laughs> oh. <laughs> right. um, you know, I have to say uh, on Billy's little bench, if you go to his website, he reviewed my my book recently. And then I press play and I see the guys wearing a Wood Whisperer t-shirt. I just got to oh. say, that's pretty cool. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Thanks, Billy. We appreciate that. Oh, very cool. <laughs> you the man. And now you're just uh, then, admitting that you're finally seeing his thing. He's crushed. <laughs> <laughs> he sent me links to it like a month ago. <laughs> yeah. Next time you watch the video, you're actually going to be all blurred out. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. There go my links. Darn it. All right. Anyway, Shannon, continue. Well, and then my final link, this is mostly from Matt. Um, Cause the minute I saw it, I was like, Matt would love this. And it is a video on YouTube. It was actually shared by Joel Moskowitz. That's what turned me to it. Joel from tools for working wood about building a TARDIS. Um, so Doctor Who fans of the world unite. I, I actually think it's a whole, an, an hilarious video. Uh, it's this, I think she's French. No, she's German, sorry. Um, and she has like no carpentry, no woodworking skills whatsoever. And God bless her, she builds this really cool looking TARDIS. Nice. And it's just, it's fun to watch a total noob build, you know, what I think most woodworkers could consider just a simple cabinet. Yes. Um, that knocks down and the video editing is really very cool. It's just a great video to watch. So go nice. learn how to build the TARDIS. Yes. I actually, I pointed this out to Samantha and said, we've got room in the living room, right? I mean, we could put it right here next to the fireplace. <laughs> nice. It'll come and go. Cool. All right. I've got a couple of links that I threw in here. These are uh, mostly product related, just things that I've come across recently. Uh, one of them has to do with a shop. So- yeah. Uh, I wish if if I didn't have to pay $200 for this stuff, uh, like this rapid air, uh, kit, this is actually something that I found in the forum. Someone had brought a, uh, asked the topic of, um, you know, what are you using for compressed air? If you want to run lines through your shop and somebody goes, Hey, check this out. You know, they got, you know, great little kits. So I checked it out. It's at rapidairproducts.com, And it's basically a compressed, uh, compressed air distribution system. And you buy these kits, comes with the tubing, comes with all the little connections. So you could put your little outlets uh, right there on the wall. And it's pretty awesome. And, and frankly, the uh, different types that they've got, they've got like the, the lower level one that's, a, I think it's like a half inch tubing. And then they've got one that's called, I think, Max Line or Max Air, excuse me, something like that. Hmm. Uh, but it, it handles all different types of uh, pressure. So depending on what you're doing, and, and it even says on there, what, like what tools you're running or how many people might be using the line at the same time. Um, very, very cool stuff. So, and it's also really good if you're trying to run it in an area like most of us. And I say us, even though I just finished a new shop, most of us are putting a shop into an existing space. Uh, so something like this is pretty handy because it's a somewhat flexible tubing. Um, so if you're looking to do something like that, check it out. It's at rapid air. Um, I did buy a kit and I started putting some parts together and then realized I wasn't going to do that. I'm going a, a different route, um, not because the product isn't good, but because it's just not working with what I want to do. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So uh, check it out. It's definitely cool little kits. The other thing I wanted to mention was um, a dude named Jeff Fisher got in touch with me and uh, alerted me to their new tools that they have. Uh, there's a company called Very Super Cool Tools. Have you guys heard of them? 
Um, I've always referred to all nope. of my tools as super cool. <laughs> Everything I own is very not super a website cool. with them. <laughs> um, but yeah, very super cool tools is the name of the company. They actually, at least, they look like they're going to be branching out into a bunch of different things. But at least right now, the main focus is this uh, table saw fence. You know, you know how we talked about uh, last week with the bandsaws when we were talking about the IWF review. And we talked about how bandsaw fences tend to just kind of suck and, and yes. not, not really be worth anything. Um, table saw fences, if you think about it, although they make them fairly sturdy, if you get a nice Biesemeyer style, um, it's really nice, but it just doesn't do much, right? I mean, there's think about all the things you could do with a fence, with slots, uh, with having an extra right. long fence or a tall fence. Our fences do nothing. We have to, to modify the heck out of them to get them just to do anything. Yeah. So this product, uh, which is pretty cool, you check it out at uh, verysupercooltools.com. Uh, they have extruded aluminum fences, and they've got really long ones too. Uh, you can make really tall fences. You can make short fences. It's you could do like it's got T tracks all over the place, so you could make your own little mortising jig, and it adapts to any standard Biesemeyer style guide rail system. Oh, wow. I'm, huh. I'm looking at the video right now. This is pretty cool. Yeah, and the guy, I guess he's a partner or the guy who invented it. I'm not sure on the details, but you've probably seen him on YouTube, Ask Woodman. Yeah. He mm -hmm. wears that, yeah. uh, I don't know. I was, I, was I was talking to Nicole about this. I'm like, is that a cowboy hat or is that a Panama hat? Because I, I, I know it's like, a, like uh, a Texan Panama hat. OK, because I know hat like a hat aficionado would, would yell at me for calling it for calling it a cowboy hat. Um, but it looks like I a Panama that's a hat. cowboy hat. Are you yeah, sure? It looks like he just has glasses up on top of there. So maybe, is that like a two gallon hat? I don't five, know. Five gallon? I mean, but five, I've seen other gallon. hats. I've seen him wear other hats and I think he's more of a Panama hat guy. Interesting. I mean, th those fences are just really cool because the nice thing is like having the the T-slots and everything built right into it. I mean, I can think of a half a dozen jigs that I wouldn't yeah. mind attaching onto my onto my fence. And like you said, I mean, with the, the, the Beesmeyer fence systems that we have, mm -hmm. you got to just kind of jump through hoops to try and get it in place. And then you got to readjust it for the, actually how wide it is from your, your table saw, or your, yeah. your, the, the blade and everything. So Well, another thing is, that uh, a lot of people, once you get into to tuning up your table saw, one of the first things you realize is that your fence is not flat. Yes. There's always going to be dips and valleys, and that's just the way it is. And and I, you know, one of the best learning experiences I had was that uh, every I've got one of the Powermatic ones with the plastic fence. So everywhere there's a bolt holding that plastic piece to the fence, there's a little bit of a dip. And I had to come to terms with that. That's just going to be the way it is. Well, the reality is most of the work pieces, because it's really riding against the high points, which are straight and they're all you know parallel with one another, um, it doesn't really affect the work unless you're using a really, really tiny work piece that tends to follow. Oops, I hit my microphone. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, that tends to follow that little dip. Most things don't. They just glide right over it. But wouldn't it be nice not to have to worry about that? Like, you know, your fence is just dead straight. No question yep. about it. So that that's what these aluminum uh, extruded fences have me all excited about. So don't be surprised if you see this, uh, <laughs> one of these show up in my uh, shop on on, uh, on my table saw, because I am kind of infatuated with the concept. Yeah, absolutely. Very I mean, cool. So yeah. definitely, I, I'm I'm marking this right now. I'm gonna have to head back and check this out. Some yes, more. you this should. Is, this is really neat. All right. So the next thing I have is a site that I came across through Twitter. Actually, I saw something they posted and I took a look at it, and kind of I, I love the concept of what they're doing. It's called Sawtooth Ideas. All right. So if you go to SawToothIdeas.com, you'll see it's a very simply designed website. Very nice. Shop, sell, and share. So the idea is for people like you and me who design a project, you can actually put it up on their website and sell the plans. And I don't know 
all the details in terms of how they're handling pricing, how they're, um, you know, determining whether plans are uh, up to, to a particular quality level. Um, but you can leave reviews. Plans will have star ratings. You'll be, I mean, if a plan is crappy, you'll know it very quickly. Um, the few unfortunate people who buy it first, uh, unfortunately have to deal with that. Um, but I think they, they're going to take a firsthand approach like, a, um, you know, to actually go in and make sure that these plans are of a particular quality level that's worthy of the site. Um, so, so, I mean, if you think about it, a lot of us were just talking about building things in SketchUp. If you're like Aaron, for instance, if he just yeah. felt like building something on the weekend in SketchUp, he could then come to this site and sell it there. So assuming they get enough plans and then they get enough interest from the community who want to buy these plans, obviously it's one of those chicken and egg kind of concepts. They got to have the plans to get the people and you can't really get the people without the plans. Wait, did I just say the same thing twice? Uh, probably, but I wasn't paying attention the first <laughs> you time. You know what I mean. Uh, so, <laughs> thanks, Matt. I appreciate that. Um, but anyway, Sawtooth Ideas, check it out. There are already some plans there. And if you are someone who is capable of making a good set of plans, this may be something you want to take a look at. Um, so very new. Um, the other thing that, that just blew my mind on this, they import SketchUp files. So if you have a SketchUp file, it pulls it into their, I guess, like some proprietary software, but you can get an app uh, on a mobile device. I don't know if it's uh, Android as well as uh, iOS, but I know at least they have it on the iPad. And when you buy a plan, it just shows up in your app, almost like a reading um, thing, like a, buying something from the bookstore or the Kindle app. And it just shows up on your device. You just hit the thing and now you've got, you could break it apart. You could see all the different parts, look at the measurements and dissect this project right there in your shop on your uh, portable device. Very nice. That's cool. Yeah, that, yeah. And this is another reason to go ahead and dust off your SketchUp skills, folks. <laughs> that it is. You can, you, can make some, uh, you can make some money. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. So I will be just going through this, this Bob This is a very cool like idea. I like it. I mean, and again, it's the problem. Yeah. The only problem with it is it's new. So I'm hoping, right. I mean, I've mentioned it a number of times. I would like to see them succeed. And, and someone said, well, what about the plans? How, you know, how do we know that we're getting a good set of plans? Well, I think that's their job. That's what they want to make sure happens. They're not just going to make it this open free thing that any, you know, any goofball can come up there and say, you know, download this for 20 bucks and it's a crappy plan. Um, it has to work with their software. So I don't think anything that comes up, up on the site has to go through their filters uh, to, to be able to, to be available in the first place. Right. Um, so yeah. I actually and don't, I mean, let's face it. None of them are that expensive. Right. You know, so I mean, I suppose you might be out $9. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And you know, <laughs> I actually, um, I'm actually putting a couple of my free plans up there. Uh, so they're going to, you know, they have prices on everything here, but I, I was like, well, if I'm, if I showed people how to build this for free and I gave my SketchUp plan away for free, I can't justify, <laughs> uh, charging for this. <laughs> um, so you, you should, if you go up there at some point, they should start to show some of, uh, the projects from, from my site and you'll be able the great thing again is it's been imported into their system and you'll be able to use it with the, uh, with the app. So pretty, pretty cool stuff. Check it out. Very cool. That's cool. Yeah. All right. So, uh, we've got a couple of voicemails since we're running long here. We're just going to do voicemails and call it quits. Um, we've got a very quick voicemail from someone. He, he doesn't say who it is, but you guys remember Lim, um, uh, Peacock. Yeah. Yeah. The, he's got, he's got a fairly deep voice, right? Do, do you guys, have you ever heard him talk? Pretty sure I, I have. So. I'm totally, familiar. I'm totally going out on a limb, and I could be completely wrong on this, but I think that's who called. <laughs> I don't know why. I just, I, I, I almost recognize his voice. So maybe if you're listening, Lim, let us know if this was you. Um, but this is very short, so I'll play it real quick. Matt and Mark, my stopped chamfers are burning. Help! 
also walnut mahogany tend not to darken over time they lighten yeah. okay um <laughs> For burning chamfers, I recommend going to your local pharmacist. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> they have cream for that. You, you, get an a, you, you get an A for precision on that voicemail. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We like them to keep it short. That was perfect. Um, so, yeah, let's get to the, the serious stuff. First of all, at the end, he uh, did we ever say, or I guess we must have said at some point, that mahogany and walnut uh, get darker and he's saying that they get lighter? Actually, I think that's his his uh, tagline. Like I have straight grains, <laughs> straight, sharp blades. Yeah. His is mahogany and walnut. It's- I don't I don't remember us. I mean, because I actually disagree with him on one in, in one regard. Walnut, walnut. Now I haven't had any walnut projects around long enough to actually experience them them getting lighter. But I have heard from folks who know much more than I do saying that walnut does get a little bit lighter over time. But mahogany, every piece of mahogany I've ever worked with only gets darker with time. Now, do you know Shannon, being a little bit more uh, expert in wood, do you know if after it goes through that dark cycle, does some mahogany ever lighten? And we're talking over maybe the, a period of a, a decade or something. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, just, I mean, I, I suppose I can't imagine there would be a period where it lightens up and then darkens again. Yeah. I mean, I can give you hundreds and hundreds of examples of 300 year old mahogany furniture that is much, much darker than the light pink or, you know, stuff for freshly cut. Of yeah. course, I can also cite several examples of walnut that's darker the same way. Now, uh, I think you might make a case for walnut getting lighter, but a lot of that has to do whether how it's dried, has it been steamed, et cetera. So, and, and it's exposure, um, you know, too. So Yeah, so you can make a case for both instances on walnut, but I don't think so on mahogany. Hmm. I, no, it only gets darker as far as I know. Yeah, that's what I thought too. So take that guy who sounds like Lim. <laughs> um, all right, so stop chamfers. They're burning. Um, assuming he's, you know, making his chamfers. Also, he addressed uh, only Matt and I because Shannon's not on the show. <laughs> I got a kick out of that. That was awesome. <laughs> I can tell you how to stop him burning. Uh, and well, he probably I was going to say up to the point where Shannon's jumped in yet. I think he's still in the 2007, 2008. <laughs> that's, he's uh, going through all the old ones, which is probably <laughs> why we don't block remember. Block plane, friend. Block plane. There you um, go. Yeah. Not so, uh, so here's the thing: if he is making chamfers and getting burns because he's got to stop, that that's a tough thing to avoid. And frankly, the only way to avoid it is to get the bit off the, the material faster, which then risks, you know, doing some damage or maybe you push the chamfer further along than you really wanted it to. Um, so frankly, the only trick that I know is to go faster, as fast as you can without endangering yourself or the work. Uh, and anything that's left over, just you may need to grab a chisel and just kind of do a little bit of a pairing action there to uh, smooth it out and remove some of that burning material or a scraper to remove the burnt stuff because it's almost unavoidable. Yeah, the, the the only thing I could think of, the first thing that that came to mind was to make a very, very, very light pass, like your very last one, like, you know, so that it's just a little bit deeper, just a, a pinch, you know, we're talking like one, one twenty-four thousandths, mm. something like that. Yeah, that's a good you know, idea. Just a, a very, very light pass. But other than that, I, I agree with you. Either go rather fast or be willing to come back in and just do a little scrape work to remove it. In fact, oftentimes that's exactly how I end up doing it is I just come back in. Um, I with, with some sort of edge tool, usually my scraper actually, and just kind of remove that burnt edge. Nice, good idea. Yeah. You want to remove those router bit marks anyway, don't you? Yeah, exactly. That that would that would do it too. And something I was thinking, you know, I released a, a spoken word podcast today, in which it was uh, Adam Carabini was talking about in painting and and how over years things get gunked into the corners. This is a great way to give your piece that antique look. <laughs> <There you laughs> the go. burning is part of just that natural patina. 
Well, it just, you know, it's like where there's a natural shadow line most times anyways. No one will ever see it. Exactly. All yeah. right. We've got another voicemail from Nick in Virginia who's a cop and has some advice for Matt and anyone else who might potentially have something stolen from their porch. Ooh, hold on. I'm writing it down. Right on. Hi, this is uh, Nick from Virginia. And this voicemail is more for Matt than anybody else about his saws got stolen. Um, I'm a police officer in my normal job. And, um, and this is probably good for anybody, really. If you do have something like that that happens, it happens pretty commonly where mail is stolen off of the uh, front stoop of someone's home. Typically, the people who steal it don't really know what to do with it, especially with us woodworkers, because the... Um, can I just say that Stop someone it. is he is he on the job right now? Someone is having their stuff stolen off their porch, and he's busy calling Wood Talk online. You gotta love that. Oh my god, that's awesome! So whatever that was, apparently wasn't a big enough emergency to require him to hang up, which we appreciate, Nick. Thank you. I'm not sure that uh, that person appreciates it, but it's all good. Tools are pretty specialized for the most part, and uh, what you can do is you start hitting Craigslist and you start looking in your local pawn shop. And if you find your tool and you reported it to the police, you can get that back. Um, you're probably going to have to do it yourself. Most police officers are not going to know what a dovetail saw is or a you know, certain chisel or anything along those lines, nor are they really going to care, to be honest with you, unfortunately. But um, that's the best route to go is kind of do your own little investigation on Craigslist and at the pawn shop. I'm really sorry your saw got stolen that, but, you know, Maybe they're still out there and you should hit it up and not start looking. Thanks a lot. Well, there you go. So I think maybe this could potentially be a new line of work for Nick to be the vigilante uh, tool hunter. I'm seeing an A and E show right now, a reality show. It'll, <laughs> yeah, like, it'll start up. Maybe TLC eventually yeah, will copy it. Dog the bounty hunter style. So he'll have like a big blonde, uh, uh, what do you call it? Yeah, mullet. mullet. There you go. I can't believe I forgot what that was. A giant, a giant blonde mullet, and he hunts woodworking tools around the country. Oh, I, I, I you know, I'm writing this right down. We've, we can't release this until we have a chance to talk to the corporate <laughs> we better lawyers make some, about how we're gonna get this set up. We better make this. some calls, man, because that's a great <laughs> idea right there. You know, uh, I, I, Nick, I definitely appreciate the advice. That was one thing that I, I did hear from quite a few people. They're like, start looking right now. My first thought was, I could. I, like, I, I think I mentioned before, I'm like, there's that part of me that really kind of hoped that they kind of opened it up and went, what, man? That Oh, no way. <laughs> Take it and back. threw it in somebody's <laughs> trash. So I was actually driving around the neighborhood and looking like at the trash cans. In fact, a couple of people, like, I think that they thought I was just a re one of the regular trash pickers because I did, <laughs> I suddenly see like a white box that I know was the box that, or the brown box, that I, whatever the box color was that I sent it out in was the same one that was coming back. And as soon as I'd see something that looked even close to it, I'd kind of like lift up the lid and be like, oh, man, that's just porn. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. All right. Well, that really does it for us. Again, we've got some emails. We're going to have to push them off till next time, but that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Uh, I probably should have asked you guys this before, but didn't we want to make the next show a call-in show or something like that? We definitely talked about it. I think so that was we, the idea. Okay, so what we'll do, well, I guess we'll just say, we'll say it now, we'll give you the exact date later because this next couple of weeks is going to be tricky, but a call-in show would be perfect because it means I don't have to prepare so let's uh yeah let's let's plan in about two weeks we'll give you the exact date but we will do an all call-in show now we did that once before but we didn't tell anyone ahead of time which was yeah. really stupid and also we actually somebody picked up on the wrong skype account <laughs> oh that's right that would be my fault yeah that's true it was all your fault that's right okay i kind of suck so what are you gonna do um so yeah we're gonna have a call-in show which just means any questions woodworking related or about our shops or anything that we're going through or 
Matt's uh, really gross love for his CT vac and the things that he does with it. Um, anything along those Look lines. Look for the Flickr album. It will be coming soon. <laughs> yeah. Or you hear? I'm just going to say to the person that stole Matt's saws, now would be a perfect time for you to call in and taunt him about it. <laughs> I dare you. I double dog dare you to call in. I'd be, be really upset if they've learned how to play the saw and they're playing like my theme song to my podcast on it. <laughs> Could you imagine? That'd be great. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Actually. Oh. Please do that. Whoever you are. Yes. That would give us just endless entertainment. But anyway, Matt, given the content info and we will let these kind people get back to whatever they were doing uh and also we'll let nick get back to uh, rescuing people in his neighborhood that's right that's right all right well if you have a comment or question about something in today's show or you want to send us a, an email that we might put off for another episode or maybe one of those voicemails uh you can reach us on skype at just look for wood talk online or you can call us on our voicemail 623-242-5180 and don't forget you can email us at woodtalkonline at gmail.com hey head on over to the forum at woodtalkonline.com where everybody will ignore you yeah especially this time of year but don't get that's mad right. that's just the way it is <laughs> lovely oh great all right well we'll see you in a couple of weeks remember call in show when we get back together next time and uh thanks guys for sitting with me and chatting today this was wonderful as always it was lovely all right have a good beautiful. one thanks chat room and even though we completely ignored you for i don't know who's there and how many are there but i'm sure there's someone there listening so thank you for hanging out with us and we'll catch you next time see ya bye about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there.